The year is 2099. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my Marverseless year. Oh, boy. boy. (laughs) (laughs) Variant cover. Welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book master. I'm joined by Dave, comic book expert, and Charlotte, comic book rainbow belt. And we're here today to talk about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And I have one question for both of you. Why did big studios insist that we should be so interested in the Spider-Verse when they really should be making kids read their Bible verses. <laughs> wow. What I a beginning think, I don't think it's a crazy position to take, considering the evangelical Christian origins uh-huh. of Peter Parker. To, uh, just a second. I'm getting a call on my phone. It's the ADL? That's strange. Why are they calling me? <laughs> I did think it was surprising. In between our last episode and this variant, Zach has taken up a position as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, no church will hire him, right, but he has yeah. taken up the position on a, a local corner <laughs> of his block, specifically as a youth pastor. Uh, I'm a volunteer youth pastor. Yeah, Volunt- I'm, strong, I'm looking for an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, strong unpaid vibes coming from that guy. Um, but it, listen, was this movie religious enough? Honestly, kind of, yeah. I would say this: The Web of Life and Destiny pretty religious stuff oh sure i guess pretty religious stuff when you, really, when you really get down to it and that's what Stretch we're gonna do today it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a little fate today. yeah De- determinism um yeah so uh spider-verse but before we do that i uh, just want to say thank you for listening if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash my marvelous year get uh, access to our full spreadsheet we're in uh you know obviously we're at the tail end of 2003 in our reading and uh, you can access the next uh, couple of years that have been finalized, I think, um, as well as, you know, the entire previous spreadsheet back to 1962. You get early access to our bonus show, Extra Issues, which is a comic book reading club podcast Charlotte and I do. That's uh, non-superhero stuff. I'm about to cover Love and Rockets on that next month, which yeah. I'm excited about. And uh, get access to our Slack channel. It's a fun place to hang out. Uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts also are very... Hmm, what are they? They're very edifying. Yeah, edification. Yeah, yeah. that's the word that's, of the day. That's the best word for it. Sure. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> to me personally, they're very edifying. Um, really, they're yeah, just spite- okay. really they're just compliments, right? Like, really, they're just a nice pat on the. Like, I don't know what it does for us in terms of listenership. In theory, right? It makes uh, our podcast better. Th- okay, here, here's it my actual... supports the algorithm. But honestly, like the real impact is you make all three of us feel nice. If you want to join <laughs> yeah, the I... church of uh, My Marvelous Year, you should write down your prayers uh, in the form of uh, <laughs> Apple Podcast comments. Yeah, that's I'll say a good that's, idea. that's actually true generally. But when I'm when I'm looking at podcasts, when I'm kind of like scouring for like, 
Like, I'm watching Star Trek, the original series, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to watch, like, or listen to a Star Trek podcast. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just skimming Mm -hmm. through a bunch of them on Apple Podcasts. If I see one that has, like, 800 positive reviews versus one that has three, I will... Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, like, you know, it's actually kind of a number thing more than... (laughs) Leaving the rating and review uh, just to add to the number is helpful. Leaving a nice review is uh, is what actually makes us feel good. So So come join Uh, the church of... The universal, the my universe, my Marvaversal. Nope, none of this works, and it's it's Guardians <laughs> related, and it's Jim Starlin. Uh, somebody save me! Somebody save me! Across the Spider Verse. Let's talk about this I, good movie. Across okay, well, the Spider Verse, like like across like the Christian cross. Oh, oh there it is! I knew. I knew. The cross <laughs> of the Spider Verse. You can't see it, but I'm crossing myself frantically. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. I want to start by saying something that I think we can all agree on. What a terrible title to this movie. That <laughs> the three movies are going to be called Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, and Beyond the Spider-Verse. It is so annoying that they are just so generically... Like, the first one's fine, Into the Spider-Verse. It's okay. But I continually have to, like, pause and think about it. Wait, so what's like, what's your problem with this? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all... It's the same title, just with, like... One word changed with a yeah. It's a Spider Verse franchise. That's fine. Yeah, it's it's really annoying to have them all named so similarly. And the only uh, like you'd prefer you'd prefer like very different names, and people really had to like hunt it down and like know that like these no something distinct besides (laughs) what if they did the the Marvel Comics thing and they called the second one Spider Geddon? (laughs) What if this was the Spider Geddon movie? That would, be fine. that would be fine. Ultimate Comics Spider Geddon 2. Yep. And then the yeah. next one was Miles Morales Ultimate Miles Spider Man <laughs> Beyond. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Something like more memorable than like changing the adverb in the middle of the, the thing that I Zach, I love this take. I think you're well, wrong. We're gonna, I we're, okay. Well, I thought oh, we were all going to be That's not my biggest problem this. with the title. I have other problems with, with the title. But that's oh, that's okay. fine. Go on. What are the other problems? Well, I mean... Well, the religious implications. My problem with the title right. is my main problem with the movie as a whole. So, I mean, we, we can go into it right now if you want. So. Okay. We're just going for no, problems. Boy. We're talking yeah. about a problem Let's movie go for today. blood. Yeah. Did any of us like this movie? Oh, no. No. I love that movie. I wish I'd seen it's entirely <laughs> except of just the first half oh um, yeah this, oh, is, this no. is this is the thing every i think this is a really this is the common complaint and i, th- I think it's very valid oh 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 no i get it. i thought you actually like had to leave oh, oh no no, no. <laughs> now i get what you're no, saying that's good. okay uh, before we before we do this yeah spoilers oh yeah. are following for across the spider verse we are going to spoil everything about this movie that we care to talk about well, so please everything that we care to talk about. I okay, caveated. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Charlotte, yeah, so please d- continue. This... Oh, please, Charlotte, you go on. Yeah, I mean, I okay. I so initially the when like the that move those Spider Verse two and three were first announced, it was announced as across the Spider Verse one and part one and part two, and I think. As much as that trend of naming movies part one, part two, like the Harry Potter, Hunger Games, etc., as much as that trend kind of annoys me, I think that would have been a good decision here, because like, um, it's it's very much a first half of a, an entire five-hour movie. I like it feels, and I'd forgotten it was the first half, even though I, I'd known it uh, because mm. it, it, they changed the title to just Across the Spider Verse. So when the movie hit the the second hour mark and like. Most 
story threads were far from resolved. I was like, that's that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like they they don't have that much time left in the movie. And yeah. I remember it was like first part, and I just got actively annoyed, <laughs> which is like not the feeling I wanted coming out of that movie because I right. I love the movie, I love the movie, but I can't help but feeling I just haven't seen all of it, and it's very unsatisfying. Like it, I I feel like the feeling I had coming out of the movie was one of dissatisfaction in a way, and not because I didn't like the movie, because I <coughs> yeah. was I felt like I was I felt like I was eating an incredible pizza and someone just stole half of it from me. Um, <laughs> it's like you can have the rest of this next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And, oh, and when I you think, put it in those terms, I'm mad. I'm I'm mad now on your behalf. I was feeling good. <laughs> but I think almost every problem I have with the movie are problems that I won't have in a year. Like in a year, everything yeah. will be resolved. If the next one pulls it off, but yeah. I think and it like, will. Like, well, there's well, yeah, sure, I I agree. I'm but like, pretty, yes. I, I'm expecting it will. Um, yeah. Like, I'd be surprised if the third one is a disaster. Because um, this it, is really good. It, this is great. This yeah, is incredible. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, it. I totally agree. Because the first one is so like so tight and so complete. Yeah. In such like a full package of a movie. And this one definitely like is you know it's half of the the full thing. And it, my my issue with that is it's kind of the way they pull it off. Um, in that like the big climax of this movie, which I think this has a really good emotional climax. I feel like the setup and stakes and everything get like set up well, and then the big emotional climax pays off pretty well with uh with Miles on the train. They are like rebelling against the Spider Syndicate. I don't know. What, I don't remember what they're called. But Miguel, um, it's about his size. and uh, and then we have like twenty more minutes of kind of just set up for the next movie and like setting up the the tensions uh, well, of the next. Movie. I mean, like it has that big montage yeah. of Miles kind of in a dream space where you know it's like almost recapping kind of the like the the stakes and what's going on as he flies through the city, which I actually think is a ref. A vi- Did you catch that as a visual reference to Miles Morales number one, the uh, the comic book cover? Ooh, maybe. Um, the, uh, God, the, the, I think... The, the specific pose of him flying through the city like that? No, it wasn't that. It was just kind of the way that they, like, the the colors in the city, I think. Reminded me of that cover the on the, the trade straight, straight the out of The 2018 Brooklyn. version? Uh, or are you talking yeah, about Ultimate? Yeah. Because I, uh, I thought the 2018 yeah. with the sky, that color, and the, the yeah. buildings like that, that was, I had that thought too. That's the, um, oh, cool. Solid and Ahmed... Yeah, like Javier exactly. Pena yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, all that felt like it was going to end there, and then it kind of just like set up all the the World Forty Two stuff, and that he's in another universe, and that kind of, it just like dragged the ending out a little bit. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Yeah. Let me jump in. Oh, Let yeah. me jump in. For <laughs> oh boy, here he comes. Okay, I actually and... thought I was going to have to be the one to like settle everyone down a little bit uh-huh. about because th- this this movie has such breathless praise. And I thought I was gonna have to be the one to be like, "All right, like it's good, y'all." But let's wait. Sorry, look. someone, something's happening on someone's recording. Yeah, who's chainsawing? Oh, is it me? It's not oh. showing up on my recording. Uh, like the noise isn't showing up. Bzz, bzz, bzz. But yeah, sounds I, like somebody's shaving in the next room. <laughs> no, see, they're like uh, it's a piercing a wall. I don't know if that's the right word in English, but uh, yeah, they're pissing on the wall. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, they're uh, <laughs> Got like, it. making holes in the wall. Um, I, it's not showing up on the recording. I don't. Yeah. I don't it's just think background. That's fine. Can be put put a little marker there and just write like, check for pissing, and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, <do that. laughs> and I'll listen to it. Make sure it gets okay, scrubbed out. 
topics. So I thought I was going to have to be the one to, to bring everyone down a peg. I think I'm actually going to have to be the one here to say this movie's incredible. No, this the movie's, movie's great. So yeah, we, we started out fussing. This is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so let yeah, me, so let me not fuss. This is one of the coolest movies I've ever seen, I think, in a theater. Um, the animation is just out of this world. I mean, it, it, every, every visual decision is absolutely out of this world. Now, what I think the, the, you know, the caveat with that is, with Spider-Verse now, is like, okay, we can kind of take for granted that these movies are going to show us the coolest Spider-Man stuff we've ever seen. And then what that does is it leaves the story and the narrative really open to, well, if I'm going to criticize anything, it has to be that because it won't be the visuals. Oh, yeah. Right, you know, right, so right. there is there's that element of it actually reminds. So there was a series this last year, um, Doctor Strange, uh, Fallen Sunrise. It's by Trad Moore. And Trad Moore is an incredible artist. And it's just this visual feast. I don't know if either of you have checked this out. Um, but it's, you know, like a comic that is just like a pure art spectacle. But I actually think reading that comic is like, like, I have no interest. Like, I'm completely checked out on the plot. And I think the miracle of Spider-Verse is it's doing the artistic feat. But the narrative's pretty solid. I don't think it's... I, I think if you put this in, like, DreamWorks animation, circa 2008, no shade to Kung Fu Panda, love it. You know what I mean? But just the more familiar template. And mm-hmm. this was the story. I don't think these would be getting anywhere near the rave reviews, right? I think the animation carries it a long way, as it should, right? That's a big part of, like, what is special about this. Um, yeah. But I think when you're actually just dissecting story, it's it's easier, potentially, well, he, to here's, be like, here's, well, flaw I'll this, say flaw to defend that. that a little bit is, uh, I, th- I think the what, like, we're probably both honing in on a little bit is it almost feels like... Um, like the thing we're talking about and criticizing is slightly more like I this is the thing I've been hearing from people. I've like had like two different people text me be like, Oh, that was a great movie. I wish it was a full movie though. The ending. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. it. I I was and, irritated and as well. Let me be clear. It, I was irritated as yeah. well. And I think to Charlotte's point of you're feeling incredible and then you're like you know, five minutes in, you're like, Wait, they're not gonna finish this. Like there's I, no I way they not, finish this. I mean, I knew that going in. So, like, I knew I that did not. clearly. Okay. I, I knew I that going in, and it's still, yeah. like, it didn't soften the blow just to, like, know that this was going to be, like, leave everything open to be resolved later. <laughs> later? Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was emotional. It was an emotional Yeah, movie. I got a little choked up when uh, I realized that this was just part one of part two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, so meta. But the thing is, I think, like, the, it. I don't want to make it seem like it is just, like, nitpicking, because I think it seems, because it's... It's a it genuine. Like, it's a genuine and criticism. It, it, I, yeah, I'm not saying especially it's not. in comparison to the first movie, which I think like is just so. And comparisons to great sequels like Spider-Man Two, right, which is like stands on its own as a full package of a movie. While also the Amazing Spider-Man Two, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, The Amazing Spider-Man. Two. <laughs> and but I mean, like, I have a few other little like narrative nitpicks, but like they're not at the forefront of my mind because I think no, they no. don't feel as like editorially shoehorn right and this is just like so baked into the entire structure of the film yeah that uh it's hard to overlook like um the gwen stacy stuff with her dad at the beginning is i think like an incredible gut punch yeah yeah i think that like sequence is remarkable in the like emotion they ring out of his decision to like not relent once he finds out uh, about her is so good mm-hmm. <laughs> that that whole sequence is yeah. so heartbreaking and then it kind of just ends up at the end to me like 
the emotional climax of that is he like goes, okay, I changed my mind. I, I wanted to ask both of you about this. Specific, okay, let's, let's talk about that because let, let me put my, my thoughts on the ending here first and then let's come back to Gwen, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay, the fake out ending, setting up as part one of presumably two instead of what felt like a satisfying conclusion, that was genuinely surprising to me and seemingly everyone in the theater. There's a woman behind me who just started cussing <laughs> like a sailor. Like yeah. so many, so many I, te- I chatted this to you, Zach, but like so many children learned new curse words because of this woman's <laughs> surprise. Um, it did also irritate me, you know, definitely. It was like, oh, like it's not, it kind of just has that feeling of like, oh, it's not a movie anymore. Um, and I, I don't think, and th- there's also the fact too that like it has been five years sense into the spider-verse like people waited a long time for this in movie terms um you know it's five years plus pandemic time so it's like you know it's been 35 years (laughs) for most of us and it's just it's one of those things where it's like i like charlotte said i don't think it's gonna matter in a year but in the moment it was just kind of like oh like what a what a weird choice like what what a surprising because because i feel like the the ending that we know is coming which is miles preventing spot from killing his dad feels pretty locked in. I think that was part of it. Like, it felt like, okay, we're building to something that feels pretty familiar, and then that's going to set up something much bigger. Now, maybe what we'll get, and, and like, listen, I have a million percent confidence in these storytellers, like, through these two movies, like, just incredible decisions and, and storytelling ability. Um, but maybe what we'll get is kind of like a Breaking Bad situation. Where se- Do you remember the last season of Breaking Bad? There was this whole, like, mm-hmm. when will Hank find out Walt's deal, and then they just dropped it immediately in the first episode, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah. oh, like we're doing it, right? Like maybe they'll just do that. Yeah, it'll instead be of really drawing out what feels. Yeah. yeah, instead of drawing out what feels, you know. Well, like he's not even in the right world, right? So like, there are some wrinkles. You gotta get, you gotta get back, and you gotta do the whole yeah. Spider-Man two thing, Spider-Man two rather. Um, what a surprise that was. But anyway, uh, so it, mildly irritating. I agree, but I do also. I have this feeling of like. Like, like good storytellers, good creators often know better than their audiences. It's a little bit like a parent relationship with kids, right? The kid will be like, I want more dessert. And you know it'll make them sick. And you know it'll make them hyper and they won't be able to go to bed. So you tell them no. <laughs> right? And they're unhappy about it. No one I, feel like that, I feel like it's a little bit like that with the directors <laughs> here being like, yeah, we know you want more. Um, you can't have it yet. You need to wait. And... They're probably right. They're probably right, and I think everyone's going to be excited about it. But I, yeah, it does, no, I'm like, it does it, leave a weird I mean, vibe where it's like this movie didn't actually. Yeah. End. I'm not even. I wouldn't even say I'm irritated. Like, it's just that walking away. It does feel like that was the most irritated quite, way to say that. It is not as like complete and satisfying of a. I I don't know. It's, it wasn't like it's same thing with Dune. Like we watch Dune. Dune's part one of part two. It like clearly is just like half the movie. That was I unsatisfying. Dune. I had I, a, I had a blast with Dune, but it also like you feel like all right, put a pin in this, and you know I don't have the full resolution to this until next year. Infinity War and Endgame. You know, and I think that's like, I don't it is I don't think Infinity War feels the same. I think Infinity War pulls it off much better. Part of it was I knew it was coming, right? But I, I think Dune is very much just like, all right, let's put the, the bookmark in the, the book yeah, right here. Sure. Right? So I want to go back to, to talking about Gwen because I think my issue with 
the rhythm, honestly, of the movie and where it ends has to do is with what they do with Gwen here. Because I mm-hmm. think to solve that problem of it being half a movie, they try to make it Gwen's movie. And I think Gwen is the... I, I was surprised at first why we started the movie with Gwen and like the first, I think, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes of the movie are just yeah. Gwen. Yeah. Um, and then by the end, what you said earlier, Zach, about it not feeling like resolution, I think the resolution of the movie is the scene between Gwen and her dad and like it's finishing that's the main arc of the movie I mean at least they try to make that the main arc of the movie in that okay this is the movie that resolves that arc and it's a complete story in that way but I don't think the rest of the movie like everything in the middle sells that enough I think everything else is Miles movie except for the beginning and then kind of the ending um, and I think that's where it kind of, at least structurally, fails to me uh, as like a whole movie. It's that it's it tries to be, it tries to to win its second part in the franchise as being Gwen's movie, and I don't think it manages that. I think it's still very much the every huge moment is Miles. The like the high point of the movie is that whole chase sequence with the Spider Society and the confrontation between uh, Miguel and Miles. Um, like everything revolves around that. Um, and yeah. I think I like I don't know what I would have. I don't know if I would have liked better that this was more Gwen's movie and then we keep more of the Miles stuff for the third one. I don't know like what's the solution here. But I think that's that that was kind of a problem. And like, I love what they do with Gwen in this. Uh, the, like that's the not Gwen, a problem. The Gwen stuff just to me it just needs to be. Uh, like I just kind of didn't believe it emotionally if that makes sense the, the with her father because it yeah. just was like that decision he made was like sh- surprising right like when he finds out and then he s- decides to still arrest her yeah uh, is like surprising and shocking and you know like I said heartbreaking and then the end resolution is like some time has passed and he just changes his mind and he's like and it it I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess you can frame it in, like, he decided it's more important to be a dad than a cop here. But, like, it just, it didn't, like, I don't know. They didn't they didn't sell it to me. They did not, we uh, did not spend any additional time with that relationship yeah, to yeah. have reason to believe that that turn was coming. So I, I did want to ask yeah. you both about that. Because I thought, I thought the opening, you know, 15, 20 minutes was incredibly strong. I had the same reaction, Charlotte. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. They're going to do it from Gwen's perspective now, right? Um, and we're going to get the, the Spider-Gwen comics origin done very quickly. We get this incredible vulture battle, which simultaneously introduces oh, so Spider-Man 2099 and the, uh, and the, you know, the security forces protecting the multiverse. You get all that and you get the real, you know, like you said, Zach, the emotional gut punch of this universe's Captain Stacy, like finding out his daughter's Gwen and still going to arrest her, um, you know, choosing being a cop over his daughter, essentially. Okay, so I snuck a cold brew into this movie, obviously, and yeah. I'm slugging a cold brew, and I'm in rap. Oh, like, I was high a as boy. a kite, and boy, uh-huh. was I loving the first hour and a half. <laughs> Let me tell you, a vanilla sweet cream cold brew is the way to experience this, this movie Living in IMAX. Woo! Did you tell your wife about this? I have not, and I'm not okay. going to. Don't. I don't tell her I was drinking on at 10 a.m. on a Friday. I'm not telling my wife that. Um, but then, I, you know, but then what happens, of course, is an hour and a half into this movie, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> and so I had to get up and leave. And I'm trying to pick a moment. I'm trying to pick a moment. So I do it after the chase scene. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, they're going to let us catch our breath here for a second. And I come back 
first off, how about instead of how about we shave fifteen minutes off the trailers and we add fifteen minutes of bathroom breaks to movies that are longer than two hours? Okay. Can we do that? How hard would that be? Right? I did, <laughs> do we want to talk about that for an additional hour? Okay, no. All right, fine. I'll just leave it. I'm with, I'm with you. I'll, I'll leave it hanging. Um, anyway, I missed a few minutes. I come back in and I find Gwen and her dad resolving their issues. I come back into Gwen's speech and I felt like I missed something. <laughs> right? So I couldn't decide if the movie had actually kind of slipped there or if I just ruined my vibe by getting up and going to the bathroom. Like, did I need to hold Peter B. Parker's baby and get my vibe right again to to get back in the mess? Because then from there, I was kind of like, oh, I feel like the movie's actually like, I feel like it slipped on a banana peel just a little bit. Just a little bit. Am I wrong? Uh, no, that that was, I mean, that was like my big story complaint is because I, I think like the high that it set with its initial scenes between them did not pay off. Like it, it felt like they took a little bit of a shortcut, you know, to like try to get to that ending and resolve the uh, the conflict between the two of them pretty quickly. And, you know, oh, well, he's not a captain anymore, so he's safe. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. I, the, pre- no, I Pretty minor. I, I just want to make yeah. it clear. I think it's a pretty minor, like... This is the, that that is like these are the only biggest... things these are the only things we could bring up as criticisms right i mean is I there think, anything else i think that's it for me oh oh i got one other little nitpick let's get out of the way and then we can just gush praise the, I, just the feel, can... I just feel like the reason we're talking about them is because otherwise it's just three of us going man this movie was great and we yeah and we will <laughs> you know do, we'll oh, do, i've we'll got stuff to talk about don't worry. yeah <laughs> yeah okay okay good the, the canon event thing is a little too it just t- tips its toes over the line of the like self mythologizing oh, Zach. the the like just a little too insular navel gazy like Spider-Man is, you know, superhero comics are a modern mythology for Americans, that kind of thing. Where Full, like fully believe that. Thank you for stating it. Okay. Uh well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, me me too, of course. But like yeah, it, it Maybe it's just the use of the word canon events that, like, irritates me that they're just bringing in, like, the comic book lingo right into it. But it, it just started to cross the line into, like, I, I actually really like the tension that it sets up. I think the stakes of it are very good of, you know, like, you have to let your dad die or your universe will be destroyed. Um, and then a lot of questions about, like, where, 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 where does Miguel's authority, like of this information come from is it just his experience like i think there's a lot of holes in what he's saying and my a lot of miguel questions like, yeah the the mumbaton thing where it was like you saved him and that's why you know this world is collapsing and miles even says like but that wasn't me that was spot like spot just you know did all this stuff um so i think there's some questions there so i really like the tension that sets up with miles i really like the stuff where like this is the main like thrust of what miles is going through with this movie at the end like the big turn for him is to you know become a spider-man and then kind of reject what that means like dogmatically right to the to follow the spider-man uh like party line um and strike out on his own and not be like just one of the other spider-man i really like all that stuff i think that all really works well there's just something about the little tone of the like so if they there's if always they had there's always it, a lighthouse there's always an Uncle Ben like that kind of thing like if they that. had called it something else you know if they had just used like maybe it just a maybe just phrase. tonally it veered just a little bit into because it's uh, fanish you know talking about canon and the character and none of, yeah and none of the other fan stuff really bugged me so it really was just just that as like one small little thing Charlotte, and I you know I don't even mind the uh, like showing the Andrew Garfield Uncle Ben 
death. They showed the... Uh... <laughs> oh, Dave, were you? how jazzed were you that they brought in that Spider-Man show from, like, 2010 or whatever? Spectacular? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was show, awesome. Right? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, spectacular, was like... spectacular prior to Spider-Verse was the Spider-Man media that I would have been like, oh, if you want to like Spider-Man, you should, you should check this out. Um, Charlotte, what did you think of the canon? I... I had the same thoughts Zach Zach had. I it wasn't as much of a problem to me. Like I didn't think it like impaired on my enjoyment of the movie. I kind of agree that it's uh, it's a slippery slope. Uh, like you, when you start use, using those words and talking about that, you can s- quickly start to to write a superhero story that's about superhero medias. Uh, nothing else. I don't think that's the case of the movie. But uh, yeah, like I said, slippery slope. No, it's yeah, it's still really rooted in like. The emotional truth of miles yeah so it, it it is it it didn't really irritate me that much i like, think it's it just, like it, it's a small it gets sure. close to doing that thing that's kind of annoying of like oh we know that people don't like mice being spidey and like that stuff and just directly addressing that uh but i think it's it in the context of the movie it roots it enough in like mm. weird sci-fi cosmic stuff that it works um i i, I was yeah kind it doesn't of, it doesn't if, feel catty or defensive yeah. in yeah, that exactly. way to me i didn't i didn't get and it feels real way. like the the characters that are against miles being spidey like they they mm-hmm. root that in actual story reasons um, right right which is interesting. well and even even miguel yelling you don't belong yeah is rooted in story and emotion but it's also got that very ham-fisted but effective but feeling of how a lot of fandom and you know and what Miles represents as an African American Latino Spider Man, right? Yeah. And, and I think it is addressing thing. widely that like by using the word canon, it is addressing that idea of oh, there is one way to to be Spider Man, and if you're doing a Spider Man story, you should do that. I definitely think some of the resolutions by the third movie would be you no, know, that there's so I think way, that's fascinating. Way many Sorry, different yeah, all that really ver- works for me, ways yeah. of being Spider Man. Yeah, I I think that's a fantastic. The idea of violating the canon of Spider-Man, you know, the familiar, tried and true, yeah. presumed core of the character stuff. It's so smart <laughs> to tackle that with Miles. It is so necessary to have this conversation right now, looking at what's happening in comics. Yep. Like that is what is what has held back Spider-Man for 60 years is exactly what they're addressing um, and I think doing it through the lens of a Miles story is brilliant because it is this character who actually changes what it is they can do. But not, you know? Yeah. Now that I think about it, it feels like, <laughs> I know it's not the case at all, but it feels like reading, uh, watching the movie after everything that's coming out about uh, Amazing yes. Spider-Man 26, it feels like the yes. movie's talking directly about that. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. It is. Well, and okay. And like, I won't spoil the comic. I get like if somehow you've avoided what's happening in in current Marvel comics right now. Amazing Spider-Man twenty six had a big death of the character thing. Okay, um, and, and that's the kind of bold move we applaud on my rose yeah, here that sure. you don't adhere to the canon. You you kill your darlings, and we applaud it. Zach, uh, hmm. will be your pink uh, pink slip is in in your email box if you can go ahead and just collect that at the end of the podcast <laughs> Dave, you just um, did you even read the comic? You got to wait till it comes out before you can judge it. <laughs> How dare you laugh at your own joke? How dare you laugh at your own joke like that? <laughs> so they made a bad decision. But what it does is it's it's yet another in decades of deaths that mount on Peter Parker's conscience. Right? And this has kind of become Peter's deal 
mm-hmm. <laughs> is he can never be happy. He will always have tragedy after tragedy uh, happening to someone else, you know, tangentially related to him that will weigh on his conscience and fuel him going forward. And the movie taking a moment, like you said, Charlotte, in this moment especially, and being like, is that necessary? Because it's also bigger than just Spider-Man, too, honestly. You know? Like, it's the whole problem people have with showing Batman's origin 75 times in 10 years in movies, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, but what if that, you know, and it's like, do we need these things anymore? Like, what do they actually do for us? I think it's an interesting thing to interrogate. Um, You know, can we have a Spider-Man? Because the thing with Miles, too, is like, well, he it's not like he's trauma-free. <laughs> you know, his beloved uncle died in his arms, told him to keep... It's like he already had one. It's like, why does he also need a captain tragedy? You know what I mean? I think these are really interesting questions to ask. Um, and it's, it is easier said than done, too, because it's like, there's not an easy answer. Because a lot of times, you know, we're sitting here being like, you know, you fall in love with these characters and you want you want the best for them. But it's like, that'd be a really boring story. Like, you know, it's like the stories that, that tend to be held up as the most interesting are creators who put these characters through the ringer, you know, who, who do terrible things to them over and over and over again to make the joy that much sweeter if it ever comes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as meta commentary on, on comics, which I've, I've never seen a franchise in film respect and adore comics the way spider-verse does i mean like this thing nothing you know it's that, it's so uh, indebted to comics that it's like <laughs> it's actually beyond comics i think is the problem yeah you know, it's yeah, like we, yeah, we took this as inspiration <laughs> yeah. and we've we loved them but it's all past tense and you and, well, and you we've also... moved past it now you know if you watch this movie and you're like, oh man, I'm going to get really into Miles comics, Spider-Man comics seem so cool now, like, prepare yourself for a disappointment, because it's never as good as this. Like, the, I mean, Spider-Man, right, like, Spider-Man comics are not this generally. Miles comics don't even really rise to this level. Like, Miles comics can often be good or very good, but they're not incredible. Uh, You know, I, I, I was talking to Rose about, like, the real Miles stuff that happens in, like, his real origin. Yeah. And, you know, it's it doesn't work like this. Like, it's I mean, uh, it just, like, emotionally doesn't work. It doesn't feel as tight. It feels... You know, and I like a lot of the stuff that Bendis did. Like, I think, like, we, we liked those comics when we covered them. Um, but, you know, it doesn't stack up against this movie. I think the, <laughs> the movie is going to, you know, maybe overshadow... Or it definitely, I think, will overshadow uh, Miles as, like you know, the, the canonical mile story for a while, at least. Um, I think it's even bigger than that. I mean, I think I well, actually, this. what's the, the kid show. That's going to be the one that Spidey and his Spider-Man amazing and friends. His friends. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, honestly, that's yeah. kind of of a piece. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like they could pause Spider-Man comics for at least the next year until beyond is out. Like, like these movies have Spider-Man comics covered and the video games, frankly, it's like other media has surpassed, Spider-Man comics significantly, mm-hmm. yeah. significantly, like they have done. Like there is nothing, with the exception maybe of the out of continuity Spider-Man life story. Like there is nothing within the last decade that touches what the movies and video games are doing right now, and the highs and the experience that those are doing. Now some of that is inherent to the mediums that they're playing in. Like is the narrative of Spider-Man PS4 like if you put that in a comic, is it that exciting? No. No. Part of that's because it's in a video game. You know what I mean? But, like, those experiences surpass any... So, like, and I think that's the challenge 
that comics are failing to live up to right now, Spider-Man comics especially, where it's like, okay, but what can comics do uniquely that these mediums have a harder, harder time with? And right now they do not have an answer for that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what that answer is. Um, I'd have to sit down and think about it. And you know what? I think I will. I want to talk about our favorite bits, our favorite characters. Yes. Let's 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 do a little fun time fan out about this. My favorite was Ben Riley. Ben Riley. Oh, that was my favorite gag most. too. And the sandbag so, doing his best like I didn't know it was him. He was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I looked that up at the end, yeah. 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 So, fun. like not so just fun. the kind of angsty, like the angsty stuff is really funny, the overdrawn like making fun of the you know the musculature stuff was really good, but I really loved when he uh, he followed Miles to his universe at the end, and then there was like I think Gwen shows up in that universe, and he's just like a disturbance in the alley. Let me go check it out in the alley, and then like looks yeah. <laughs> looking around and narrating himself in the most dull prose, which I was like, <clears throat> this is such a fun little jab at like really bad uh, Liefeld ish writing. Of '90s comics, of just great like, job, great job reading the doing. Clone Saga on that one. Yeah. Although respect to J.M. Uh, Dematis, who did write a good Ben Riley. <laughs> yeah, I mean some of Ben Riley's fun, but yeah, the Ben, uh, the ben Riley stands I, must be fuming right now. I actually took it less as like a specific Ben Riley stab, and more of just the kind of like '90s generally dumb '90s. It, it, you know, it almost actually makes slightly more sense uh, to do this with like an X-Men character than <laughs> it does Ben Riley. Sure, but like. Yeah, as as kind of uh, indicative of that style. Of and comic. trust me, the only response I've seen from uh, Ben Riley fans online is just how happy they are about the crop top and the abs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is fair. <laughs> yeah, you look cool. He looks pretty cool. Look was good. Yeah. Um. And okay, Charlotte. Um. Is, I'm is not going to talk really about like. my actual fave because that's like a ten minute discussion I want to have. It's afterwards. too personal. It's too personal. Uh, <laughs> honestly, kinda. Um. But. One of my faves, uh, I love Spider Spider Punk. Spider Punk is awesome. I lo- love his whole like kind of graffiti collage aesthetic. Even his portals at the end are like kind of journal paper. Like it, it looks incredible. Uh, he looks incredible. I love his design, um, and I love that he's the voice of like, oh, I don't care. I'm gonna help Miles. Why, why, why do you think I'm here? Uh, like I, I think that was I don't know that that was really fun to see. Uh, it. Kind of weird that he has um, Union Jacks everywhere, because, like, he, he's, he's a punk. That's kind of if a, it's, a, a left-wing a French punk. guy had French flags everywhere. That's no, like, no, that's, that's, that's built into the, like, UK punk aesthetic, for sure. Yeah, yeah I guess it is, but, like, it, not in 2023. Just, <laughs> it's like a 70s punk aesthetic, I yeah. think, is the thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but uh, like I, I love the character. I love his whole like how he's animated everything. Like when even when he's in scenes with characters with different aesthetic, like it feels like he's he's been like collaged onto the scene. Like that's that's really fun to see. Yeah, his the visuals of him are so cool. Yeah, right. Like in the the texture of it being like often well when he's not in like his punk version, it would often being just like paper. Like you just see the letters of writing uh, in his skin. Yeah, um, which is really neat. There's a, I did there's find so his animation off-putting at first huh. because it yeah. was it felt like it was like a half step out of sync with everything else, which I think was an cho- intentional choice. Yeah, sure. Now, but in the moment, I was like, "What is happening here with this guy? Like, he looks fake. Like, he looks like a cut-off piece of paper." Um, it was it was kind of jarring compared to everything else. But I guess I guess that's the intent, right? Is is yeah. he's you know he's yeah. this 
punk and he's trying to stand out and doing it effectively. Um, so I think it worked. It just felt yeah. kind of odd. If I if I had a complaint, it's that I just couldn't understand his accent like half the time. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> Shouts I mean, to the like, editor I... note explaining Cockney yeah. slang though. Come on, like oh man, talk that about was funny. Yeah, just like which is funny because I actually got that one. I didn't need it there, and I heard sure. him and understood what he was doing. <laughs> but yes. I, and I think that, I mean, I think even Miles is like, says something like, does anyone know what he's saying? So like, it's built into the joke, but Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Really, really good performance. Who is British um, and has an accent. Not like that. But, um, Yeah, that he was, he was very good. The the Vulture, uh, I, I liked all the f- like fun format stuff that they took to like push it even farther. Um, that like the, the Vulture's parchment was really good. Like from a Leonardo da Vinci-ish yeah. Ish uh, universe that and like the equations like kind of popping up around him when he mm-hmm. throws weapons and stuff like that was yeah just visually was like oh man this is so cool it's so much fun playing with that and then like I oh something I, I noticed that I liked is uh that Miles often is now the most like solidly animated out of everybody yeah, yeah. like one of the more detailed characters uh which is just kind of interesting like thematically that like I don't think that was the case in the last movie but mm. he just is one of the more like you can just see more, you know, like detail on his skin and his hair and uh, and just the way that he's animated more smoothly. I think like trying to like reflect his confidence and his like place here. Even like Miguel, you see like the, the trace lines around him shining through, right, of the like the skeleton drawing that they would do to, you know, like yeah. layer a person over. So I have a question. So, like, I have a question for both of you. So Miles is unique across the Spider-Verse in that he is the only Miles Spider-Man right? He was accidentally bit by a spider. That's not typically how it happens. Is the same also potentially true for Gwen and maybe Miguel? Because seemingly, and Jessica Drew, Drew, Mm -hmm. right? Because like seemingly everyone else we see. And Margot Kess also, who we see. So is it like, you know, because it's like there's like 12 non-Peters, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, like everyone's a Peter. But then there's like 12 that aren't. But is it like, are there other versions of those? Or is that just so we can keep track? Because it would be super confusing to have 75 Peters. I mean, we assume most others are Peter. Like a lot of people we meet are Peters. But like, there are a lot of spider people we see. We don't see what they look like underneath. Um, and I guess we kind of assume they're Peters. Because like, that's just yeah. what we assume is under that mask. Oh, and we get a Hobie too, right? There's a Hobie. We get a Hobie. There's a Hobie. There's like a Anyone spider who's named. That's like, I think a version of Excalibur from, from Marvel Comics. There's like there's a lot of different characters that we just see in backgrounds or in cameos or stuff like that that aren't Peters. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, maybe that will play. It is weird that we movie at the end. Peter does seem to be the only one we see that has variants. I guess like we don't see other Spider Gwen variants or other Mize variants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, kind of expect was, that to yeah. come in in the third movie. Maybe yeah. Like I I fully expect that to be a part of Miguel's story which is still very much shrouded in secrecy that like maybe yeah. he didn't belong either, you know? Like like I feel like that's probably coming cuz we don't know what Yeah, when Miguel's. he was just like you're a mistake or you're, you know, an anomaly or something. I was like you're a, a vampire <laughs> non-Peter Parker Spider-Man. What are you talking about? I, I really <laughs> like, like... I think there's something there. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, like, Miles... <clears throat> our Miles was a mistake in that he wasn't supposed to be bitten, but yes. we were left to assume that the one that was supposed to be bitten was also a Miles, right? It was the Miles from Earth-42. So, like, either way, there, there, there would have been a, a, a Miles Spider-Man is the way I, I think I understood that. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Maybe someone else would have been Spider-Man in that universe, but, yeah, I don't know. 
Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I really like how Miguel was Spider-Man 2099, but the 2099 had nothing to do with the story. <laughs> like, like maybe it will come up at the end, but the film was not interested in trying to do any of this stuff that Miguel's character has historically gotten trapped in yeah, and could not, not escape really from, him. which oh, is, yeah. I'm from the future, and I'm here to save you all. Like, yeah. they are not doing that at all, and frankly, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Because Agreed. those he's stories... He's a vampire, too. That's the, also, he's a vampire. A we don't know why, yeah. and, like, nothing is done with that, which was... We, we get to see one moment of him almost munching on the uh, the vulture. Almost, but the not. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, that's, that's about it. So, so very much a character shrouded in secrecy. Uh, still, despite being you know, fairly central to what's happening here, I think my actual favorite addition this movie was the spot. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, yeah, like great. just he's what awesome. you can do. Like, I knew that what you could do with the power set there would just lead them to have a field day. You know, with the teleportation portals just going everywhere and all the action you can get out of that. But then Jason Swarman's just like very casual humor. You know, mm-hmm. just these yeah. nerdy goofball mutterings and phrases as he's going just like kind of endlessly charming even as you know okay he's going to develop into the ultimate big bad here um a very charming villain and this movie does get away with something that i think is very hard to do which is to have a really compelling spider-man movie and no central familiar spider antagonist you know and i mean there is a broader thing too of like Okay, Miles doesn't really have his own villains. And that's something that the video game wrestled with and tried to create. The comics are currently wrestling with and trying to create. And they're kind of doing it here with the spot, being like, I'm your arch nemesis. And it's like, okay, how are you going to earn that? Um, how are you going to actually do that? Like, Miles doesn't, you don't just have the fallback of like, oh, here's the Sinister Six. And I do think it's smart to not just give him Peter's familiar rogues, right? And in the first one, I think that worked with the Kingpin because that's maybe less familiar to people. Um, but, you know, if you had the Green Goblin showing up here or whatever, like, it would suddenly, it doesn't feel like a Miles movie anymore. Um, so I appreciated that about yeah, it. And, and the spot was, was very compelling. I am, it's hard to picture the spot really having, like, ha- having a significant role in the next movie, you know, because I do feel like that storyline is, like, bas- you know, it's like it's basically done. That's what's so weird about the, the cliffhanger ending, where it's like, okay, like, how much more can we bring a lot of this? But I guess well, still we'll find he out. he kind of, the thing with him is, odd where like we really see the last of him an hour before the movie is over and then it's just the threat of him looming and he just vanishes for the last hour right like in Moombaton he's there is it Moombaton am I saying that right I think it's Moombaton yeah um um, he's there he leaves he kind of takes like the darker turn drops the building and then we don't see him again it's just the threat of him and I I feel like I needed a little more from him structurally like the movie is very weird structurally Right. And that like it sets up a lot emotionally in the first hour and then it sets up a lot plot wise in the second hour. Like all the stuff about the wider Spider-Verse really only comes into play once Miles goes to this like spider world and mm-hmm. meets Miguel and starts getting the exposition of, you know, the the web of destiny or whatever. Um, that kind of stuff. So like the, the structural stuff, it, it's taking big swings. And I actually I'm really impressed with like that I think it did a pretty good job of keeping, like, big, wild multiverse shenanigans very uh, digestible for, like, a young audience, right? Like, I think six-year-olds are going to be kind of lost, but, like, 10, 12-year-olds, they'll probably follow this fine and, like, know what's going on. And, you know, just kind of understanding, like, 
most people are somewhat genre savvy about this stuff now. So well, I do like I do like when we actually get to hang out in the multiverse a little bit, like in Mumbatan, like you said, like with Provatar, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the Spider oh, he's India, great, so, he's very so much funny. Fun. What yeah, character. also learned a lot about Chai. Frankly, I uh, did not know that. Um, I liked I that actually that joke like wrapped up a line that I thought was very lame at the beginning, which is Miles being pedantic and being like, "Why do people call it ATM yeah, yeah. machine?" Right, and I was like, "That's kind of a bad comic book line." Like, it's a very can, spider, a very bad Spider-Man quip. Yeah, yeah, right. And then like I, I kind of now think that it was there so that when he said Chai T, he could get like you know, a little slap down for being mm-hmm. pedantic earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Good. It, sure. Yeah. But, the, but, one of my but we actually got jokes. to hang in that area, oh, you know, yeah, and yeah. instead of like, like you think about multiverse of badness and it's like, okay, here's 15 seconds of 15 multiverses. We could go <laughs> a to city, a city that looks like a clean Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's uh, like, the, it's like, Oh, that, food. and some people are like, Oh, it's so cool. You know, I liked when they did this one. It's like, we didn't, like they didn't do anything. <laughs> they get the fun montage of them zapping through multiverses, but yeah, you know, it's not. Yeah, like, like it's nothing if you don't places. go there and you don't linger and you don't have an emotional connection to the place. You know. Yeah, one one of my favorite gags was the uh, the Gwen Stacy and the Captain Stacy of that world. Once uh, the what's his name? Um, Captain Singh. No, well, yeah, but uh, Pavater, Pavater. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like is is uh, saves Gwen. And uh, and then like <laughs> the the father's shaking his hand and she's just like oh my god he's never shown this much emotion <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yeah. such> a... <laughs> yeah. that joke really got me yeah. uh, um, honestly all the you know just in terms of like there's such a good sense of humor to this movie oh, yeah, obviously it's so but funny. it's like just even the dynamics of you know Miles and his parents um, which I don't have teenagers but I have boys who will probably one day be teenagers and it's like but there's also just such comedy. In them trying to figure it out and not knowing what they're doing and being mm-hmm. confused, yeah. like that's, oh, it's that's just good, yeah. so it's so charming. Like it's just so. Winning. I really appreciated his mother's like expanded role here because yes. she really she's a little sidelined in the first movie for and uh, in the comics the father. and in the uh, less than <laughs> in the game, but uh, in the comics as well. Yeah, well, in the comics, she's like killed off pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, before is she killed, even... is she killed by Venom? Oh, Carnage, or mm. one of the two. Yeah, I think it was Venom. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to remember then, like, what actually happened. Like that was that's maybe I don't. I'll have to listen to you two talk about that episode. Like that's one of the weirder Bendis decisions I think with Miles. And then like it's immediately retconned out, right? And she she's brought back pretty soon thereafter because it's towards the end of his run in the Ultimate Universe. And I know like she's brought back to life pretty soon. But... Yeah, because I mean he's he's got his parents in the in the current ongoing yeah. run. Oh wait, question. Okay, um, is his dad a cop? In the comics, Charlotte? I couldn't remember that. I, I was like, I don't actually remember him being a cop. Question mark? I, I, I can't Ooh, remember I can't remember. I Maybe I just assume he is because he's one in the game and in the I movies? Have, yeah, I was going to say, I have made him a cop now because of the other media. Yeah, sure. but I, I was thinking that. I was like, I don't remember if he's in the movies he's act- or in the comics he's actually I a cop. I think he was, but I'm not. Um, did, you, did either of you notice that they changed his name <laughs> in the movie? Oh, What's his first name now? It's, you know, well, no, it's not Jefferson. Last, no, no, he's uh, Morales. He's Officer Morales. Oh, he just so is. Just, he just he's is just Morales. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, that is, less, I think, significantly less troubling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, because <laughs> uh, Rose looked it up afterwards and she was like, why did he name him that? Like, didn't he have Nobody a different knows. name? It, I mean, I'm assuming, you know what, like, like, 
we'll attack Bendis with a lot of different stuff, but I'm assuming that was an accident. It is it is a very generic sounding name. I am so. we've talked about this before. I am hundred and ninety percent sure it is not a secret Confederate plot by Brian Michael yeah, Bendis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah. I do not know why it happened and I I'm not surprised. it's I one of those things where people be like, Jefferson How did no one Davis. notice? And it's yeah, like, well, well because he's not that famous of a historical figure and it's a generic name. Well, like, and editors are distracted by a lot of things, frankly. And yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they probably weren't uh anyway. We don't need to get into that. But yeah, I'm glad yeah, that you I just did. checked. He was a cop in the Ultimate Comics. And only in that, he was an yeah. agent of, of Nick Fury, right? Like, he was undercover in the Mafia or something like that. That was the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he wasn't like a cop cop. He was. I think he like... also was a cop, like, in the present day. And, like, he used to be an undercover agent uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something okay. like that. Yeah. I, I think he's a, he's an yeah. NYPD officer in the, mm. in the presence of the Ultimate Comics. Yeah. Okay. okay. Speaking of comics DNA in this movie, definitely. Did not see them pulling from Spider-Man 2, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> probably my, I don't know if it's my least favorite Miles comic, but it's it's low on the list. So so Bendis, speaking of the king, uh, wrote Spider-Man mm-hmm. shortly after the debut of Miles, which was the Ultimate Comics Miles Morales met Earth-616. Yeah, I, remember, I remember liking that. Spider-Man the first one is very good. That is the first oh, okay. one. I didn't um, love is, it, the first Spider-Man, actually. I remember, like, you didn't love you it? Were surp- I, I remember the, uh, Zach was surprised of, at how much I was like, ah, eh, on it. Um, yeah, I think okay. it's fine, but yeah. I was kind of... I, I remember being it. very fond of it um, mm-hmm. in the moment. Uh, def- and it's also, you know, it's the first time anyone from the Ultimate Universe connects with anybody from Earth 616. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of significant. Spider-Man 2, so th- th- that one ends with being like, hey, if there's a, a Peter Parker in both universes, shouldn't there be a Miles? In Earth 616, and it ends with that teaser. So then there's like a six year wait for Spider Man 2, which unveils the debut of Earth 616 Miles Morales. And Earth 616 Miles Morales is a kingpin lackey. <laughs> and he's like okay. high up the chain in kingpin command. And he's a, he's the, he, you know, evil alternate Miles is really all it boils down to. Um, it came out way later than it should. And it's kind of nothing to be done with it at that point. Solid and Ahmed does some stuff with with six one six Miles, um, and actually turns him into like a supervillain, calling himself Ultimatum, <laughs> which is very Ultimate Fun Universe uh, mm-hmm. connected. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that is not a direction I saw them going, and uh, I don't know that I love it. I guess, but I'm curious to see yeah, what they same. can bring out of this. You know? Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it clearly is just like. <clears throat> It's a little twist right at the end that he's, <clears throat> excuse me, the Prowler. And the Prowler makes more sense than him being, you know, like Dark Spider-Man. Ultimatum. Right, like him falling, <laughs> yeah, right. him falling under the influence of his uncle, right? Um, but it is it does kind of beg a weird question of like, if Miles didn't get powers, would he be influenced to turn dark, I guess? Is that the implication? I, I, I kind of feel like I'll just, just want to wait till the next movie comes out before I think about it too hard. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so no one's doing animation like this. Um, I think literally the only movies that I can think of are movies that are trying to replicate this. That I was going like to say, but now, but now this. everyone's trying, right? I mean, isn't so like it Puss in Boots? The Last Wish does some of the the frame rate stuff that this does, and like uh, the Bad Guys does a little bit of it. Mitchell versus the Machines, right? Like, th- there's definitely other movies. I think. DreamWorks and Sony are doing. Even like, Disney is saw, doing it with the next movie, and it looks really bad. <laughs> are they? I saw a trailer for uh, Teenage Wish. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, TMNT like looks, looks really good. Yeah, yeah, TMNT looks fun. But Wish wait, looks wait, really what, bad. What picks? 
digital. I haven't seen the Wish trailer yeah. yet, but okay. So I think the only movie I can think of that is like really stacked up against this animation wise is the Lego movie, the first Lego movie. Oh, interesting. That like, uh, I think is doing as like creative and interesting things with computer generated uh, animation. Although like before the movie, we saw both the trailers for what's the new Pixar movie coming Elemental? out like, next month. Element- Elemental. Yeah, yeah. Which looks kind of, eh, to me, looks a little yeah. boring. Um, especially in comparison to Spider-Verse. And then we saw a trailer for Teen Kraken. Yep. <laughs> which, like, boy, the uh I've the seen golf. trailers for that for the best three months of going to the movies. It's t- what, like, I, I'm not that judgmental of, like, kids' movies. That movie looks like a disaster. It looks <laughs> so... Uh, like, it literally looks like it's made by someone who's just like... It just looks really boring. Hey, I'm going to teach you on YouTube today how to make uh, an underwater mermaid and, like, using tools that you can uh, afford in your home PC. <laughs> and then, like, it's really bad. It's really bad animation. These really burns bad. are cracking me up right now. Oh, Jack. my God. Uh, it, like, the, in comparison to Spider-Verse, like... You just feel like uh, DreamWorks probably should, you know, watch Spider Verse and be like, you know, maybe we shouldn't release this because it's. <laughs> it does feel it's like so it does feel like Spider Verse opened the door, right? Where it was like for decades, it was like you're either Pixar or you're DreamWorks, right? Like those were the big budget animation styles, and they both do good work. Like, oh, and I, great movies came out of that. But I'm just saying, and like, I think that P- was Pixar if you said you were still... seeing an animated movie. It was going to look like one of those too, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like that feels old. That feels Especially old hat by comparison. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dis- Disney still does, like, I think, excellent stuff. I think Encanto does stuff with, like, animation that I've never seen before. I mm. Encanto's pretty remarkable. Uh, with, like, facial expressions, like the micro expressions on people's faces in Encanto is, like, pretty remarkable. But it feels like I it's think. still doing the same thing, just doing it a bit better every time. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, which, it which feels is less refreshing thing. than Spider-Verse does. Sure, it's not as it's a little more technical, especially yeah. like Toy Story Four. Also, is like a technical wonder, but like it's very, very like in the weeds. It's not as showy as this. But that's kind of um, that's kind of what I was saying initially about yeah across the Spider Verse Two, where it's like if this was just a technical wonder, but very flat, you know, or mm-hmm. or very convoluted or just familiar. Um, I would not be that excited about it. You know what I mean? Like that, I am not an animation geek. Like that would only take me so far if that's all it was. So I, I do want to give a lot of credit too to like, they also have found a way to really r- figure out to like, what can we do with Miles Morales? Like how can we tell the most interesting Miles story possible? Um, and I love that ambition. You know, because it is it is like such a unique challenge where it's like, okay, there have been a million Spider-Man movies. Thanks. Do another one. And they're like, well, actually, we have one that no one has gotten right ever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and and they're doing it and they're doing it really well. So despite the fact that this movie didn't end and that's mildly irritating, it remains in the conversation for best Miles Morales story of all time. (laughs) Like, that's not nothing. I'm still I'd still give that to the first one. I would, too. Pretty easily. But, you you know, like. If if I change my tune, it will be because I then call two and three together <laughs> the best Miles story. Yeah, which Maybe feels like a cheat. Will, it does, but you know, I'm, it's fine. Whatever. What what is a movie but a? Uh, please, someone. Help no, no, you no. Go on, someday. go on, Scorsese. <laughs> please <laughs> tell us what cinema is. Um, Charlotte, do you think this is? Did you like two more than one? Or are you still in the camp of one? I I've seen a lot of two. I really like. One two more than one no, once no. i've seen it as a whole 
Um, yeah, pe- people are... Pe- recency bias is out of yeah, control. I, I people, definitely yeah. think... I know, this is way less tight than the first one. I think the first one is so clean, so perfectly doing everything it sets out for. Mm. I I still like the first one before, more than the second one. We'll see when 3 comes out, where where, where's my reckoning at. I I do think the first one has, has like, it's it's definitely my favorite superhero movie and probably my favorite animated movie as well. I, I love the first Spider-Verse movie. Um, and I honestly, I was afraid of uh, of not, not liking at all the second one. Some of the creative team changes, like some of the people who did the Voltron series on Netflix are uh, like became yeah, very important yeah, figures yeah. in doing this. And mm. the Voltron animated series started well and had a pretty strong downfall. Uh, so I was definitely kind of afraid. And I think it's, it's a high success. Like the second one is amazing. We'll see when the yeah. third one comes out, but yeah, I'm, I was... No, I, I, I had I the same thought where I was like, three new directors, none of them have done uh, movies before. This yeah. is their first like uh, full animated feature that they're directing, all three of them. It's a trio of directors. Yeah. It's pretty uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, they've had experience and, you know, the producers are big on uh, these shows and they, they had the same producers, I think, um, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, who, who co-wrote like, the story, I think. It's one of the two did, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess Phil Lord did. Uh, the yeah. two of them are, I mean, like, so responsible for pushing animation, too, because they are the Lego movies guys, right. Lego movie guys as well, um, which is like... just was I, was I the only one who was mildly disappointed that Lego Peter Parker didn't show up again? <laughs> like, just fully introduced into the... Yeah. Well, he oh, like the, uh, they had they have that yeah. moment where he's like reporting on things, but then like mm-hmm. he didn't. I just would have liked to have seen his animations like shoved into everything else. Yeah, yeah like try and pull that fun. off. Oh, is um, is I, I had a couple questions, Dave. Uh, I mean, you you have read more recent Spider-Man comics. Like I haven't even read Spider Punk, se- but sadly, like, yes. Is the uh, the Spider-Man the the cowboy on the horse? Is that one out of the comics? Yeah, the web slinger. Uh, okay. The majority. I, I recognize the T Rex. I recognized him from T-Rex comics. T Rex is fairly new too. Uh, the majority the... of the creations that were notable um, are from like Spider Verse, like short stories. And like, very few of these characters yeah. are like big players or you know insignificant yeah. continuity. Like like Pavatar is in Spider Verse, and then part of the Web Warriors, which is the Spider Verse spinoff. Which frankly, that series does the multiverse security force, you know, with the Spider-Verse, it just is, it's not actually that bad. It's just like, it feels very limited in scope compared to what this movie feels like. The, um, I really liked the, the 1960s animated Spider-Man. That was awesome. And only having single frames (laughs) to move. That was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That, that really got me. (laughs) That, uh, that joke was, was very good. I, and I was kind of, I didn't care for most of the, like the, Going back to, to Amazing Spider-Man and the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies to show the death of Uncle Ben, that was fine. The rest of the live-action stuff was almost annoying to me. Like, the Venom scene was like, why is I, this I ha- didn't know that was Venom. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that that was the woman from Venom, so the joke worked fine for me. Uh like yeah, it, out of if, context of Venom, I think it works just fine. It felt like, very oh, we're doing Venom for five seconds and then we can go back to the movie. And same thing for uh, Donald Glover as uh, yeah, as Donald Glover. Yeah, that was a little was like, like this is that was weird. that was a little too over the top. Yeah, service for exactly. me, frankly. Yeah, um, I agree. Especially because get... it's just it's like the Reed Richards, uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. It's just in response to like 
The... Well, except except Donald Glover is in Homecoming as right. Yeah, uh, as the Prowler, as Aaron Davis, yeah. right? So yeah. as oh, as Aaron Davis. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So because the Prowler yeah, I mean, in Six One Six is Hobie Brown traditionally. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, that is them planting a seed for him to actually come in and you know be so in a like, lot the of MCU Spider-Man movies. A lot of folks are still teasing that like oh and beyond you know they okay so they did the the donald glover stuff now so will beyond introduce mcu miles morales do you think that i don't want that to happen i don't think i I think that would actually i have be a bad thing for these spider-verse movies frankly um what what about you think should that happen i mean i have bad news they literally like three days ago they announced they're doing a miles morales live action movie what like yeah. sony or sony MCU? not not mcu sony oh okay 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 so well so then they're definitely gonna do that <laughs> if it's yeah. sony they're for sure gonna do it but will he be the the spider-man of the mobius verse <laughs> I, I mean probably probably <laughs> but yeah they're gonna need a spider-man for all these villains they're doing a craven movie and all these preposterous things. you know what i'd be fine with them doing it like building like bridging the Garfield movies with the Venomverse and saying like that's the Peter Parker of the like he the new live action Miles is in the Garfieldverse and we can like we see Garfield dying or something that that's fine to me uh, but like I, I I'm deeply uninterested in in a Miles Morales live action movie like for the next ten years like I, I, I do think that's go ahead go ahead oh just I'm I I want to see the the that trilogy finished and then I'm I I don't know like the no Spider-Man movie has reached the highs of Spider-Verse to me. So, like, I think the best it can be is okay. Especially, like, in Sony's hands. Like, Sony alone has not done a... Like, Sony live-action stuff has not done a good Spider-Man movie in more than 10 years. Uh, so, like, I'm kind of... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah, been a long time. Since. Somebody hasn't seen Morbius. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> have you seen Morbius? I haven't seen Morbius. I, 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 I actually kind of like the it. first Venom movie, but I don't want the Miles Morales live action movie to be good in the way Venom is funny, you know? Yeah, that's like an accidentally good movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even good. I would Unintentionally say it's enjoyable. Um, yeah. Okay, I, you know what? I was Because I, I feel like these movies really put... They make it hard to see enjoying live action stuff. <laughs> like, like they're so, the Spider-Verse movies are so good. That it's kind of like, oh man, like I wish I wish all the movies were this, you know. Um, but I did have to remind myself that like I was actually probably more excited watching No Way Home than I was throughout Across the Spider Verse. Um, and I don't think it's better per se, but the experience and kind of the surprises of what they can do there, you know, I don't know. There's like because Across the Spider Verse is so the door is so open to a T-Rex Spider-Man showing up out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know? it It's less, sh- not shocking, but it's less, like, of a moment than when Andrew Garfield walks through a portal. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I don't totally fully know what I'm getting at here, aside from just saying, like, I was more excited in the theater watching No Way Home and what they pulled off. Yeah. And I feel like that gets overshadowed in the praise like, I guess in praising one thing, we don't have to disparage the other. <laughs> I guess no, is more fair. what I'm saying. But I, I do think that's like, yeah. that's a huge moment. The first, maybe the second, third time you see it in the in the theater. And then when the movie's out of the theater, it's just, I don't know, it's just another moment in the movie. Like, yeah, once yeah. The, the effect of surprise is, is gone, like, I don't think 
it's that huge of a moment where I feel like Spider-Verse is just, I know it feels so free and, and fresh in, in what it's doing that like, I think that's, that will be true watch, watching it like five years from now. I feel like I, I love, and I love No Way Home when I, I saw it, but I, I, I think I'm not judging those two movies on the same level. Like I think No Way Home yeah. is a very good MCU movie where I feel like across, like the Spider-Verse movies are just very good movies. <laughs> Um, and I, that's kind of mean to say, but like, yeah. I, and once again, I loved No Way Home, but yeah, I'm definitely not I judging maybe, them on the same level. Maybe the MCU Spider-Man stuff is like can do is better at experience, not better at, but um, is more capable of like an in theater experience, right? Like yeah, a one time experience. They're Whereas movies. the Spider Verse movies are like, if I was thirteen, you know, or whatever age is the perfect age for it, like I'd be watching this movie seventy five times. Yeah. And and even now, I feel like, you know, if the kid wanted to watch this or my wife wanted to see this, I'd be like, yeah, I would happily rewatch this. And I don't like rewatching anything. These movies are very rewatchable because there's so much in them. There's so much packed in. Um, and just like, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not hunting for Easter eggs at this point in my life, but like, I'm sure there are a gazillion I missed. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the MCU comparisons, they're just such different things to me. I get like such yeah. different... Like, I like the MC... I mean, the Infinity War Endgame comparison I was making, like, I definitely felt way more like, oh my god, I can't wait for the next one. I can't believe they left us in that, you know, like, lurch at the end of, the end of Infinity War. Yeah. Like, and, you know, my, like, head was spinning and my expectate like, the, the build-up for the next one and, like, uh, anticipation for it was, like, the highest I've had And I do think Infinity War feels more movie. like a complete movie. Like it, it is a very different. Oh, movie I disagree. Oh. I, I, I disagree. Really? I think okay. Infinity War has nothing to it except build up for Endgame. There's no character arc. There's no themes to it. There's nothing to it except like stop a thing from happening and then that thing happens and then it sets up. But Endgame. it does resolve the thing it's like setting up at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe as like just, as an uh, just structurally, cliff, I guess. it's a more effective cliffhanger. Yeah. For sure, well, is, but I think it like, is an end. It's and it feels less... more satisfying by the end with Infinity War. I think it Thanos is searching for the gems. He gets them, and he wipes out half the universe. Like yeah. that is that is the full Thanos Infinity Gauntlet story. Yeah. Whereas and like then across the Spider Verse has a lot of really good emotional yeah and character stuff that I think like rings very true. It you know plot wise is still very like left hanging, but you know it feels way more of like a real movie to me and less of a comic book chapter than infinity war does no yeah because infinity war does like i i love endgame i think endgame's incredible uh as like a complete full movie experience infinity war is just like a fun chapter of the mcu to me so it doesn't feel like necessarily two parts of the whole i don't even think of those it's weird i don't think of those movies as being like that linked um besides like in the literal way that they're linked plot wise but like i don't feel like it's part one and part two of one big story you know, Endgame feels like such its own thing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this yeah, will yeah. inevitably be a strong part one of a part two. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do think that is mildly to its detriment, but that is one of a very small amount of things that you could yeah. possibly say are to the detriment of what is otherwise really, really just fantastic. Fantastic to have. Like, it's so cool to have someone doing Spider-Man stuff so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's, it's nice. I like it. The next one's next year. It's not going to be like another seven years. So... Yeah, just it's to, like just waiting one more year. Or I'd be a little surprised if it didn't get delayed, and frankly, they could take whatever amount of time they want, and I'd be fine with that. Um, it just seems like 
you know, again, like it's one of those things where it's like it seems like the animation is really hard work. I don't they, know the ins and outs of it, but it seems of like they together, need the like, time. The second one is probably close to done, I think. Cause oh, they... No, okay. No, no, no. No? Across the Spider-Verse was done with post-production like 11 days ago. Oh, boy. As of friday or saturday when we're recording this that's because i read i read i think yesterday that like 10 days ago it was still being worked on and like finished um so they they've got it like just (laughs) through the gate on time (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it was was i'm I'm fine right up to the wire i'm more than fine waiting definitely i mean i mean they already announced the release date i i think yeah i'm just saying release dates get moved oh yeah um definitely i don't know like are you are you like i have to see part two you know, are you in that space? Oh, yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm pretty. Yeah, of course. No, no, like eventually, like eventually. But are you like I can't wait, or is it like? Yeah. Because oh. I could wait. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, oh no, I I mean I'm happy to wait a year. Uh, it, it's not like Infinity War where I'm like I can't believe I have to wait another year to find out how this resolves. Um, it's definitely like oh yeah, in a year I'll be like so jazzed for yeah. another one of these. I yeah. think I like I didn't feel satisfied enough by the end of the movie that I was like okay I can I can wait I've gotten my ending like I th- I do think the ending of of part two really left me with oh this this cuts this doesn't cut I I didn't end at all it cuts at the middle of the story um, but once again I here's I love a the movie. here's a thought here's a thought Charlotte yeah what if they had ended with the Gwyn captain scene, and then you end with a Gwyn monologue tying off the one she opened with. Because I felt like it was yeah. weird to have that opening and then not have any kind of poetic resonance so, with that at the end. And then you do the cliffhanger with Miles realizing he's in the wrong universe. And that's your tease for part two. Yeah, so that's a very good segue in the other big thing I want to talk about. Um, I, I do think that would... I don't know if that would be enough on its own, because I don't think the the whole middle part of the movie is enough of a Gwen movie to to sell that. Yeah. Um, but I maybe it would have worked better just as an ending. Uh, it would have maybe felt more satisfying. Um, but yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and something I hinted at before, is my actual favorite character from this movie is Gwen. Um, I yeah. I love that character. I and in the first movie, she definitely wasn't as much of a, a center focus. She was. An important secondary characters, but I think here she's def- they are try- definitely trying to make her the second protagonist of the movie. Um, right. I my view of that whole storyline and that character, and s- as a result of the movie as a whole, was definitely the was changed and influenced by my vision of Gwen. My like headcanon of Gwen from the first movie I have always seen her that ver- Sp- Spider-Gwen at least as a trans character um, and I yeah. don't think in the first movie it's like at least when I f- I was watching the first movie I never thought that was intentional in any way I just like my headcanon of it, of it in the second movie Gwen has two trans flags in her home yeah um, the protect trans kids uh, poster on the wall I and saw. her dad has a trans flag on his uniform like I don't know any cis person that that has two trans flags in their home, um, and the 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 colors of the scene when she's talking to, like resolving her issues with her dad have like the trans flag colors in them, which are like close to the colors of the Spider Gwen universe, whether in the comic or in the movies, but like not that much. Like in that scene, it's very much just the the trans flag colors. So much so that like I feel like 
that must have been on the mind of the people doing this movie. Like, that can't mm. be unintentional. That that can be an accident. Like, no other characters have trans flag in this movie. Like, that's that's a weird coincidence, if that's the case. Um, well, in the conversations between Gwen and her dad, I mean, you know, it feels like a coming out story, right? Exactly. And, and especially kind of the, the, the scene at the beginning where she leaves because she just can't stay in the same world as her dad after that conversation. Yeah. And... Then throughout the movie, like the big, I don't know, the big um, punish, punishment for her, puni- punishment, sorry, punishment for her if she doesn't do what Mega wants her to do is she, he's gonna drop her back to her initial universe where mm. she just came out to her dad and she has to deal with mm. that. Like that, all those very trans issues were very much on my mind when I was watching the movie and every strong point of that storyline, I couldn't help but interpret, interpret, interpret. Wait, is that a word? Yeah. Interpret. Interpret, thank you. Um, as trans storylines and, and issues. Um, so my view of the movie and specifically of that very central storyline were very much influenced by that. I, I don't know if that was on your mind at all watching the movie, but like, yeah, that's... I, I just wanted to talk about it. But that's very much a big thing that like had definitely had an influence on how, how I watched the movie, how I saw the movie, and why I really love the movie. That's really um, yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, I noticed the I noticed the the sign, and I I noticed the metaphor certainly, but I would not have interpreted it that way that she is actually trans. Um, but that's really interesting. You know, it, it does. It was something I thought about at the end of it, just in terms of like, <laughs> sort of fabricating, like you know, okay, what else could this have done? And and one thing I did think is like, we've got the Spider Verse. It's Pride Month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could could we not have a queer spider? Like, you know, we have all of them. We have a multiverse full. Yeah. You know, and it, it did, I did have that thought at the end of it where it's like, that would have been really nice to introduce here. Yeah, and Just let me say fully like, show it. Yeah, because I, I, I do think it's intentional, at least in some parts. I don't think, it, I don't know if it's like, just like artists, like reading the lines of the, reading the script and saying, oh, there are queer vibes here. Let me add some, some flags or something like that. I don't know how intentional it was. I, part of me was, I do think there is intention behind it, and part of me was annoyed at it still being left at the level of, like, visual Subtle. details and undertones. Like, yeah. just go for it. Please go for you it. You know, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, her being canonically trans, yeah. or, you know, literally trans, you know, is like, I mean, that that's kind of a different question of, like, representation versus it being a queer story, yeah. right, about, like, a trans person. I don't think, like, she needs to necessarily be literally trans for it to be like a trans metaphor yeah that like is very strong here right uh and yeah i actually kind of you know like i feel like sometimes you get like especially with comic book stuff people grasping at straws and i'm not accusing you of doing that charlotte but like uh <laughs> guess that I feel like it's me open to that <laughs> yeah i mean like I, you, also people i just hear that a lot of like yeah. people you know trying to like fan cast their favorite superheroes as sure you know whatever but you know but I, I actually think like, only in this case it's, with, i think there's yeah. a really good strong case that this is uh actually like uh you know a good like trans story yeah. right like, i didn't I, notice I, I agree if with captain stacy is wearing a uh trans flag on his yeah uniform. i didn't notice that either there's I like the a shot of his room. like uniform like cup uniform jackets on on the chair in their flats and like on top of like the nypd ensign is like an actual just a trans flag like it's like it's just the colors of trans flag it's like I don't like see what else it could be. Hint. Like yeah, yeah. Well, that see that that's almost like a no. 
it's like annoying to me like yeah no i, I agree it's kind that, of that they like i i mean you know like i i i don't mind it being like a a you know, it's like in the Matrix, uh, Neo having like a trans pin <laughs> on his shirt, where it's just like, no, like it's a really strong like trans metaphor here, right? That like speaks that comes through the movie really strongly, but you know, needing to like underline it with that, but not actually then just do it, right? Like, yeah, skirting that line's kind of annoying, but mm. you know, of course, I just think this is a franchise. It's a big movie, and no, they're not going to do. But that. this is a franchise where you could do it, and it is so open to that um without whatever i don't know custodial concerns you have (laughs) right like if like if mcu does it with tom holland and they make him queer in any regards right that's a huge swing in a statement um whereas in the spider-verse you have so many options and you're using none of them i just i think it sets itself up for the downfall of a lot of very corporate um but you know celebrated superhero media that we enjoy which is they wait so long that it becomes delayed inclusion. And so by the time they finally feel successful enough to include queer characters, it's now delayed inclusion where it's like, it's actually harder to do later, you know? Um, yeah. Which is kind of where the MCU's at now. Like, you, you know, you had 18 movies of no queer representation and then an attempt at delayed inclusion where now you actually open yourself up to more criticism because you haven't built those foundations, um, and I, I would Spider Verse feels like a franchise where it's it's like just just build the foundation. And like all the right people are already angry at it. Like it's it's a Spider Man movie with like ninety <laughs> sure. percent of of uh, black and like people of color of characters of color. Like all the right people are already angry at this. Like you won't you wouldn't change yeah, that well, much yeah. by adding queer who, characters. Yeah, who cares about those people? Uh, yeah. The the like. Hmm. I, I think, like, realistically, they were never going to make a main character in this movie explicitly trans, but I would rather them do what they did, which I think, like, I think you're right. I don't think this was, like, accidental, Charlotte, like, thinking on it. I think this is probably, like, pretty explicitly trying to, like, overlay that experience uh, of Gwen and, and, like, have that emotional truth to her experience. I think that is probably more... uh, important and meaningful than just having like someone in the background <laughs> be like hi i'm a trans spider-man and then you know off screen and then we don't see them that's anymore. true that's like, true i do also like think... a token trans character right i do also think if they did commit to gwen as trans then this movie needs to serve her character so much more and you now you need to now you need to really engage i think um at least in a few more minutes. Like, it can't be as much Miles' movie, I guess, at the end of the day. Uh, at least, I, that's my first thought, is like... Hmm. I don't know. But maybe not. I maybe you can be... She's pretty prominent to me. Well, I, I think that was, you know, Charlotte, that was one of your criticisms early. Just, like, it opens with her. She gets more of a role. But is it actually a satisfying Gwen movie? I don't know. Yeah. Um, It's solid. I just don't know that it nails that specific aspect. I think part of that, too, is just, you know, the Miles stuff is really good. I actually think it's a very satisfying Miles movie. Um, and I, it's not like I wish they had less of that. And it's a two-hour, 20-minute movie. I didn't want it to be longer. So it's, they're challenges. I, I understand that. That shot of the two of them sitting on the underside of the uh, the building. Like oh, the nauseating. Gargoyle thing. Looking at the city, like, upside down with the, the sky underneath, like, water. One of the coolest shots I've seen in a movie theater recently. Like, it made what a great me shot. sick. 
Did it really? That's so funny. Just <laughs> actually, when, I, I when they turned the, the camera, I actually got yeah. a little nauseous. I was like, "Oh, oh that's that's yeah, funny. yeah." I I really appreciate these movies, um, both Spider Verse movies, of having the like patience to slow down and you know, like it's such like visually overwhelming maximalism all the time. Yeah, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And then they take moments and they realize like, oh, we don't have to do that all the time. Like we can have slower moments and conversations and just people talking and stuff that i think will bore kids right like we there's a kid in my theater who was like actively bored when i watched spider-verse with my six-year-old nephew parts of it like made him antsy and bored when it was an action and then he got sucked back in when it was like exciting again but like i appreciate that they are not being like well this is for kids we can't ever like slow down and just have a moment of like a mother and son you know talking about their emotions um it's good, but it also doesn't feel like it's trying to do the MCU thing of like, this is for everyone, right? Like this is, I, I still feel like these movies are like aimed at kids and teenagers uh, in a really like appealing way. These are these are more genuinely all ages, I think, than yeah. than anything in the MCU by significant yeah. margin, and I still think that is the greatest creative feat in all of superhero media to mm-hmm. make something that is truly all ages, and these these movies nail that. Oh, we we totally forgot to mention this in the Guardians of the Galaxy review, but uh, when Peter Quill says "fuck," the MCU's first "fuck." Uh, did we forget to mention it, or was it super annoying? Yeah, it's a very <laughs> nothing moment. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's so strange though. I mean, like it feels notable in that like the MCU has dodged it for thirty-five movies. Yeah. The MCU just... is becoming your uncle that really wants you to have a beer when you're sixteen. Like it's like too it's, mu- like too strongly encouraging you to have this beer, you know? Or it's like okay, yeah, it's, I get it. it. You're it cool, man. It was strange. Man. I was just kind of like, who are these movies for? Like, are these for kids? Or are they like because they've always you know? I mean, do not take your child with... to Guardians three. I would say. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, I I feel Aside like from that, it's so funny because some of them are really really t- a tame PG thirteen, and then some of them really ride the line, and then like upset parents when they're like. I took my children to this movie expecting a f- good time with the family, and I got to see Black Bolt's head explode. Like, <laughs> I think uh, I think the MCU you can make a really strong case for it being pre-adolescent and certainly for teens in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the idea that it's like actually for kids, and this is somebody who has kids that are only six and younger, so mm-hmm. maybe my perspective will change when they're nine. Um, because you know each year is, is is a new thing. But uh, man, if I took my six-year-old to see an MCU movie, like. That that's not for, like they, he would yeah. they would be terrified and not enjoy it. Um, and I guess kids are different, but I I'm always shocked when I see kids that young at these I, movies because uh, it's like you can yeah. like Spider Man and like wearing the costume, but like these movies are like dark and emotionally tense, and you know um, yeah, and they, I think and they swear like ten eleven <laughs> depending on your kid if they you know feel that like that feels of yes of a of an age it's, or, if they're a kid who likes to be like a little scared you know like the jurassic park kind of thing um we went to go sure. see scream the the most recent scream movie in the theaters a couple months ago a lot of kids and somebody <laughs> brought <laughs> someone brought in like their five or six year old jesus they set God but damn. but they like set them up with big headphones they had like huge ear but or ear can headphones and a phone and then the kid just sat there like staring at their <laughs> headphones on the whole time yeah which was a decent solution except that they just put the kid's phone on like full brightness and so it was like uh really annoying and kind of rude but i'm very uh i try to be less and less judgmental 
definitely of parenting you know the the further and deeper i get into it oh no like, you can't you shouldn't bring your kid in and be like they'll just be on their phone in a movie yeah, yeah. theater but it's like no there are, there are <laughs> really certain rude there are certain else. social niceties that like you're violating <laughs> if you yeah. if you bring your child with the bright phone into a movie theater that's one of them i've been reading tarantino's book about movies and he writes it's like a book of essays yeah and uh and he writes about how like his mother let him go see everything when he was young uh-huh. uh like through the 70s so like he was watching you know like the wild bunch and serpico and all these like very adult movies dirty harry <laughs> it shows was like six six through eight yeah. and he actually makes a pretty good case that like for the most part his mother only like chose to censor a few movies that she was like if it was violence without context uh were the ones basically that he wasn't allowed to see but and, like violence in sex in context she was like it's fine you know we'll talk about it and you'll understand it and it's part of the world and you know um yeah i don't know if i want to show my six-year-old serpico but uh mostly because they'd be bored what a weird kid (laughs) 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 he was like really into a dog day afternoon or whatever but yeah i don't know if my if my kids feel less comfortable dropping n-bombs than quentin does i'll feel okay with that (laughs) yeah yeah maybe (laughs) uh okay want to want to wrap it there Good, good movie. Good yeah, talk. Good movie. Good house movie. Yeah. Is <laughs> I it? Enjoyed it. Uh, is I think it the best really movie you've seen this year? No, 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 Dave. What's the best movie so, you've seen this year? See, like from this year, or you know, because I've seen a lot of good old movies this year. Zach, we do this every year. I watched Todd Haynes Safe from 1995 with Julianne Moore <laughs> uh, two two nights ago, and uh, yeah. that was better. I liked that better. Okay, uh, Charlotte, what do you think? And this is probably the. Uh, let me think. I can't. Uh, I can't remember what I saw. John, John Wick Four probably edges this out just a little bit for me. But uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, besi- no, you know what? Besides that, it would be John Wick Four and then this. Honestly, I'm I'm having trouble comparing this to anything else because like I love sure. it and yet I'm kind of annoyed by it because it's not a whole movie. Like yeah, I, it's I feel like really I'll... like feel like I cannot firmly plant my yeah. like, flag in the sand with this movie until i see that yeah exactly <laughs> it's kind of a bummer it's kind of a bummer isn't it because yeah. it's like because yeah, wouldn't sure. otherwise you'd be like what a triumph you know but it's yeah, that, sure. it's that yeah, lingering yeah, yeah. thing which is like yeah. what everyone else is saying <laughs> basically yeah no i i mean i i don't think i've literally seen one at least like people i know and not just like twitter because i'm uh not I don't know if you know this i'm not on twitter but um i haven't seen anyone not mention i wish this was a full movie like everybody i've talked to has had that same thought so like it's a, it's a very common yeah i guess every like, every headline i've seen is just like oh this is amazing this is perfect. Well, i think it would be deserves. i think like, it would be a bigger detractor like, like if an mcu movie and i talked about infinity war but i just don't feel like it's the same thing like if an mcu movie so fully ended in a surprise to be continued like this yeah. i feel like people would rip it to shreds Sure. And yeah. that's not happening here, and I guess that's a testament to how flipping good it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. people are not furious in that way. And it's not a, it, like it's not a disaster at the end, like the oh, way that no, it, it wraps up. It's I, I wasn't I wasn't irritated. I it's wasn't an exciting even, like, place to end. It's just yeah, not. I wasn't even annoyed common. leaving it. I was just like I feel like I can't like you know it doesn't feel like a complete work yet. You know? right. It leaves a lot. I mean, it literally leaves a lot. Like besides plot stuff, it leaves a lot of the questions it asks like philosophically <laughs> it leaves them all up in the air unanswered right so like um it literally is just like half the half the product so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what about you dave uh i've still got white men can't jump number one 
Wait, you really um, are talking about every movie this year, like that you've seen, not just from this year? These are Cinema Dave's rankings of every movie I've seen this year. <laughs> All right, well, um, I have I have quite a few ranked above, and I probably got Banshees of Ed Sheeran number two, but I, I I definitely liked Across the Spider Verse more. Actually, I'll move that up to number two. There's no way I'd watch Banshees of Ed Sheeran. So White Man Jump is number one. Ridiculous. I really like Babylon more than this. I think from what I've seen this year. Babylon, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think huh, so. You're like the only, the only person I know who likes that movie. <laughs> Am I? I thought yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah I, I, most people I know don't like that movie very much. Okay, well, I haven't seen it yet. I'm curious. I can't believe that movie and Amsterdam came out within like a few months of each other, both with Margot Robbie and both like critical and financial uh, kind of lukewarm. I think Amsterdam was trashed more. But what are you gonna uh, see? Are you gonna I, see Barbie or Oppenheimer on opening day? Both, Bobby. baby. Definitely Barbie, <laughs> Barbie feature. has a slight priority for yeah, me. Yeah, same. But, uh, I feel like yeah, I've seen Oppenheimer before. Sure. I, I feel what? less so with uh, with Barbie. Sure. You've seen a movie about the uh, Manhattan Project before? You know, I did no, read like, an Oppenheimer just... biography last year, so I've... Really? I've I feel like I've seen that kind of movie before. there a adaptation? Uh, the Manhattan Projects. Uh, I was interviewing Nick Pichero. I'm more winner. excited... I'm more excited. For, I think Asteroid City's the most uh, excited I am for a movie this, okay. year, this summer. Nice. The the new Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And then not, not Blue Beetle. And then, <laughs> God, that not Flash. Trailer looks. Flash actually looks okay. I'm not going to rush out to see it, but like the trailer Flash looks okay. Good. I think that trailer looks fine, actually. Surprisingly, that Blue Beetle trailer. I thought it was for like a new CW show. Yeah. Right. Like it looks really cheap and really. Oh boy, I was I was shocked when I was like, "Oh, this is a full theatrical <laughs> release." Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like what they were saying Bad Girl was, like, <laughs> like the reason yeah. why they canceled Bad Girl. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. you putting this out? Wait, let us see Bad Girl. <laughs> <laughs> let us see Bad Girl. Yeah, please. Yep. All right. Um, if you want to see Bad Girl, talk, talk you can to subscribe later. to All our right. Patreon, patreon.com dot com slash year. For as little as one dollar a month, you can see Bad Girl. Um, oh, that's true. We do have the uh, the, the DVD rip. Got it. Uh, we uh, <laughs> yep. We got that girl. And uh, what else? Music for the show is by Disaster Piece. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at Comic Book Herald. You can find my marvelous year social at my marvelous year. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back with the conclusion of 2003 comics, and then we'll move on to 2004. Let us know your my marvelous year um, Spider Verse thoughts. And we'll be back with in, the conclusion to this movie and this review in a year. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be back with the second yeah. part of this podcast yeah. uh, in one year's time. Yeah. So yep. thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next year. See you next see year. You next year.